0: Hi, you're listening to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I'm your host, Seth Lusk. I am a self image coach and empowerment coach with a decade long background in working in the health, fitness, and nutrition industry. If you're anything like I was or the way that my clients currently are, then you might be struggling with body image issues, self image issues, or issues with confidence. You might be trying to figure out why you can't take the ideas that you have for living your healthiest and most fulfilling life and turn them into lifelong actions. So join me in this podcast as we dive in deep on topics of mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. We're going to look from the perspective of an authentic and empowering mindset, and from self-awareness, self-love, and of course, how we can start taking authentic self-action towards living that healthy and fulfilling life that you know you're here to live. I'm going to bust through some of the illusions and myths that we've all been taught to believe along the way and offer you confidence and clarity. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. So the only question is, are you ready to find out how you can start living your most authentic and fulfilling life once and for all? Then let's get started, shall we? Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, For those of you joining in for the first time, welcome, welcome. Uh, You've picked an interesting episode to join in on us with. I've got a special guest here today. His name is Mike Iamelli. Um, And I brought him on because I heard him speaking on a podcast a few weeks ago and what he had to say was so interesting and profound and aligned with some of the stuff that I'm teaching. And so I contacted him and was like, I need you on the podcast. Would you mind coming on to speak to my audience? And he was gracious enough to accept the offer. So I have Mike here with me today. Want to say hi to everyone, Mike? Hey, thanks for having me, Seth. It's really great to be here. Awesome. Really great to have you. So um, Mike is coming to us from Massachusetts, correct? That's right. Boston. Yep. Awesome. Mike lives in the Boston area. Ooh, that's awesome. My family lives in that area. Actually, I didn't know that. So that's, that's really cool. So um, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, what it is that you do, because that's really fascinating, and how you came to, or your story behind how you came to doing what it is that you do, because I think that story is really interesting.
1: Oh, this is a big question, Seth. Okay, so um, who I am? You know, I love answering this question on podcasts because it's something that 5, 10, 15 years ago I would have answered very differently. You know, I do a whole bunch of things. I'm a husband. I am a life purpose expert and brand strategist. But who I really am is aligned, zany, free, unmistakable, successful and vulnerable. And I know that might not make much sense to you right now, but I promise you it will by the end of my story. Um, You know, I'm a person who all throughout my life, I've always felt like um, I was attaching to boxes or labels or how can I define myself, you know, in the context of what I'm attached to. And so... Pretty early on in life, I, um, you know, was pretty successful at 22 years old. I started a public relations agency with a bunch of executives in the industry. Uh, we worked with a lot of celebrities, healthcare politicians, tech billionaires, people like that. And then a few years later, in my mid twenties, I woke up and I was vomiting blood. And as you can imagine, this was terrifying. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, it was getting really bad, so bad that one day I was actually at work. I could still go into work at this point, and I had to go to the bathroom. So I ran to the bathroom, and I didn't make it in time. And I had an accident and shit in my pants at work, which was the most mortifying moment of my life. And so I remember, you know, being in that bathroom, and the worst part about it was I didn't have my cell phone with me. So I did, had no way to like contact someone to help me. And I was shaking and I looked myself in the mirror and I said, this happened. The sooner that you accept that this happened, the sooner you have the power to do something about it. But this happened, like it really happened. And so I cleaned myself off to the best of my ability. I snuck out, grabbed my cell phone, snuck back, you know, texted the uh, office manager to put an out of order sign up. I had some friends buy me pants and pack up my stuff. And I called a cab and snuck out the back door and it was so mortifying i realized like i think i'm gonna die you know i'm getting sicker by the day i'm vomiting blood daily i couldn't leave the house anymore um i could hardly get up to cook myself food or go to any doctor's appointments i was going to the hospital and getting fluids because i was losing so much fluids and you know a lot of doctors had different theories of what was wrong with me but i was getting really really sick And so at this point, um, I had two roommates, but one of them was my older sister's friend. And she had recently gotten in a relationship. And so she spent most of the week at her boyfriend's place. And so the other roommate I had was a guy I knew from college who just needed a place to live. And just by chance, he was a medical professional. He was on residency at the time. And so he um, was around and he knew the healthcare system. And so by default, he became my de facto caretaker. And he would bring me to appointments so he would, you know, I couldn't drive myself. He would pick up prescriptions. Over time, he would have to cook me dinner. Um, And somewhere in this process, I realized I felt something for him. And it didn't feel sexual or even romantic, but it felt like there's something here intimate. And to give you some context, at this point in my life, I had never been with a man to my conscious knowledge, never been interested in a man. And I thought, okay. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to die. Is this just like a human is within proximity and I am like wanting connection? Like, I didn't really know what to think about the situation. But I also knew that at this point in my life, I had been writing handwritten letters to every member of my family, telling them everything I've never said before. Like, I just really was, you know, kind of sharing anything I could possibly share. And so as I'm sitting there with this, I think if I did die... You know tomorrow if I could die tomorrow like do I want to stuff everything down like I'm vomiting blood clearly things are trying to come out and I just got up to him one day and said Garrett you know I um, just want to tell you uh, I don't know if you're going to want to punch me in the face if you're going to feel weird about this but like I feel something here and I don't know what that means I want to talk about it and fortunately Garrett is the most thoughtful person in the world um, and so I, I think anyone could say anything to him and say, OK, let me think about that. And so he thought about that. And there were some emails back and forth. We talked uh, over the course of two months and we spent two years exploring if a relationship can work. And so in that time, I'm exploring this kind of giving up a label of what I had thought my sexuality was at the time and exploring. Well, wait a minute. All of these boxes already I have aren't necessarily fitting me. And while that's going on, I knew I needed to leave my job. Because if I'm getting that sick, something's wrong here. So I decided to do what I never, ever, ever recommend anyone listening do, which is give a year's notice at work. Uh, It was a hellish year, but I was an owner of this company. I thought it was the right thing to do. And so I gave a year's notice. And while that was going on, I decided I'm going to figure something out. I went to health coaching and nutrition school. I went to herbalism school. I was taking all these psychic classes and coaching classes all while I was working full time, healing myself, navigating my first same sex relationship. It was the worst year of my life by far. It was such I mean, I was like doing like 16, 18 hour days. But the year ended and it just so happened that when the year ended, we had chosen to tell our parents and our families about the same time that I was leaving my job. So it all kind of coincided at once. And we told our families about us, you know, some more supportive than others, but everyone got there. And I said, okay, I'm, you know, just going to be like a health coach to Boston's tech entrepreneurs. I'm going to be their herbalist because I know these people. I got really sick. They're getting really sick. This is what we got to do. And so I started doing that and I wasn't making a lot of money, but more than that, I didn't like it. And I thought, shit. Like, I've just given up everything. I have this great, well paid job as a branding and PR specialist. What am I going to do now? And I thought, okay, 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 Mike. I have a lot of stories to tell. Now, at this point, I wasn't ready to talk about my relationship, but I have a lot of stories to tell about, you know, being very successful at a young age, uh, getting really sick, realizing success isn't what it's cracked up to be. Maybe I can write about those. And so I started a blog, and this blog got decently popular. And about three months later, I got an email from a publisher I'd never heard of who said, hey, Mike, can I just give you a book deal? And I was like, yeah, yeah, why? Like, does that happen? Okay. I mean, you just want to pay me money to keep writing? I can do that. And so, you know, they always say that when you're on your purpose, the universe just hands you things on a silver platter. And I thought, well, this has got to be my silver platter. Like, yeah, I'm just being handed a book deal. Okay, this is my purpose. I'm meant to be a writer. So I, you know, wrote this book and with the publisher's support, um, they really wanted me to talk about my relationship with Garrett. So I put that in the book, sent in the manuscript, and then I thought, oh shit. Like, I have to tell people in my life about this. They can't find out on the shelves of Barnes & Noble. Like, I have to tell people about this. So, you know, I said, all right, well, I was trying to think of what's the best way I can tell maximum amount of people. And I thought, well, I've got this blog. I can write a blog post about this, right? Like, I mean, way better to have all these people talk shit behind my back and then come to me afterwards. And I don't have to deal with any of that. Like, This is so much better. And so I decided I was going to write a blog post about this. And I wrote for this uh, out there. It got picked up by a publication. And I went to bed that night. And when I woke up the next morning, 100,000 people had shared it and so that was the time that i woke up to millions of people talking about my sex life um i can't quite describe to you how overwhelming that experience is but Don't it imagine. was <laughs> it was an experience yeah it was an experience for me and i just you know i mean it, it was crazy i had thousands of emails i had you know npr called mm-hmm. me and huffington post and all these crazy places and i'm sitting there you know millions of people are talking about me i've got this book deal And I am making zero dollars. Like, I've got no business model. I've got no plan. And I feel like such a failure. And so I got to this point where I became obsessed with knowing my purpose. Because I was like, none of this makes sense, right? Like, you know, PR and branding and viral article and same-sex relationship and vomiting blood and herbalism. Like, what does any of this have to do with one another? And so I, I, I've i been, you know, I kid you not when I say, I've probably been on every purpose training webinar that's out there. I have done, you know, read all the books that there are to read about this. And, you know, so many times in my life, I've heard that phrase, by the end of these 60 minutes, you will know your purpose. Almost never happens, but I've heard it many times in my life. And so I'm, you know, sitting with this stuff and you do enough of this stuff, you hear the same things. They say, you know, figure out what your passions are, figure out what your skills are, figure out what the world needs and find that middle point. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Mike, what do these things have in common? And I'm sitting and I'm sitting, I'm really thinking about this. And one day it just dawned on me. Oh my God, it is so obvious. How did I miss it? i meant to create a blogging course. And this blogging course is, yeah, it's going to help people get book deals, sure. But it's going to be deep and spiritual. It's going to be about finding your voice and knowing who you are and healing from your trauma. This is it. Everything makes sense. So, you know, it's the end of this year. I've have no money left. I'm out of my savings, but I think, well, screw it. They all tell me you got to go pro. I got to put this all out there. And so I get the fancy, you know, lighting kit and the microphone. I have a business partner. I have a web designer. Like you name it. I had thousands of dollars invested in this thing. But I knew it was going to take off because when you know your purpose, you just know. So I put this thing out into the world. I market the shit out of it. And I think five people bought it. It was a colossal failure. I lost thousands of dollars. And I just thought, I'm done. I am so fucking done. I can't do this anymore. You know, I... I felt like I went for it. Like I, I you know, went for love. I had people talking about my sex life. I went for this book deal. Like I put myself in so many uncomfortable situations and the world was just telling me it didn't want what I have to offer. I'm too much of a mess. I'm too all over the place. So I decided to give up and I was going to go beg my partners to take me back. You know, I didn't know if I had a job at my own company, but beg them and um, leave with my tail between my legs. But before I did that, I I really wanted to feel like a little bit good about this year. And so I decided to host what I called a failure celebration. And really the thinking around that was, I'm a failure, like I feel like such a failure, but at least I did things that got me to fail. Like at least I took risks, at least I did something different. And I thought that's gonna be worth something, right? And so to host my failure celebration, I took the one thing I was still confident in, only one thing, which was branding and public relations. And I said, all right, I'm a failure, but all you entrepreneurs I've met this year, maybe I can help you be successful. I'm just going to give you all free branding sessions, as many as I can fit into a day. My last day of work, I'm giving it away for free. I'll help you figure out your brand and consolidate everything you do. And then I leave. And so this was work I had done in public relations for years and years with many people. And so, I had this day. I think I had nine hours straight of branding sessions. I literally had to stop sessions to pee. There were six different people, and at the you know I'm used to working with like like I said tech billionaires and healthcare politicians and celebrities, but a lot of these people were artists and health coaches and life coaches and psychics and really cool people. And so at the end of these sessions, each of them said to me some variation of mike this isn't my brand you just explained my whole life purpose like every moment in my life makes sense so i'm sitting there like what the f- what well, i don't know what you're smoking i don't know what's going on here like okay okay sure 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 but after you hear two or three of these kind of thinking something's going on here so i was exhausted i spent nine hours on this but i thought what the heck i'm just going to do this process of myself so i spent you know another two hours on just me mapping a whole bunch of things just like i did for them and I came out with six words at the end, and those six words are aligned, zany, free, unmistakable, successful, and vulnerable and there was just this like light bulb moment and I was like. Oh my God, with Garrett, I have never felt that safe to be vulnerable. I have never felt that weird and zany in my life. And in public relations, I can see how I was successful in helping people be vulnerable, but I couldn't be zany there. I know I was successful, but not fulfilled. And I just started thinking every moment in my life that I've felt all six of those words, things have worked out. I felt purposeful. I felt good. Any moment I felt the opposite of these words was traumatic for me. And I'm kind of having this little epiphany in my mind about this. And while this is going on, one of the women I worked with that day emailed me and said, hey, Mike, I was raving about our session to a friend. She wants to hire you. Do you sell this? What do you call it? I was Like, I I don't know. It's not a thing. I mean, it's branding. You're telling me it's life purpose. I guess it's sacred. I'll call it sacred branding. Made up that term, just slapped it on. The next day, I didn't call my PR partners back because I had a client. I was making $200. I might as well take this client. So I did that session. She told a few friends, and the day after that, I had three new clients. Three weeks later, I had 30 clients, and that was now almost eight years ago, and I I never ended up leaving. But what I've come to understand over these past seven or eight years is that the way we talk about life purpose is inherently shame-inducing and toxic because we talk about it like it's something we can achieve. It's something that's out there rather than a subjective experience, How, why things feel purposeful or not to us, what we're sensitive to in life. You know, when we, what we're really doing is we're figuring out what you naturally, subconsciously do every single time you're successful. There's something that we all do. We have a natural success formula that we don't even realize. When we're hanging out with a best friend, when we're, you know, um, hanging out with our partners or our family or whoever feels purposeful, Purposeful to us, we do something naturally. We let a certain part of ourselves shine. And if we want to be successful in business, we want to have successful relationships, better sex, better whatever, we just got to tap into that. We've got to figure out what is the thing that makes us feel purposeful, fulfilled, and successful. So that's what I do for work.
0: Really awesome.
1: I love that story. It's it's uh, my, my second
0: time hearing the story, but it's even better the second time hearing it again through. So for my listeners, because this word is not so commonly used, and it's, I think, one of your favorite sensitivities for yourself. Um, can you
1: explain everyone? Explain to everyone what exactly is zany? Mm, I love it. I knew you were going to ask that one. So zany. So I'm a big etymology geek. Let me just start with that one. So one thing you do in my work is when you begin to understand your sensitivities, we really start to unpack all the associations. And one thing zany Actually, it actually comes from Italian word zanni so zanni is just our english um, you know derivative of that and zanni is a venetian dialect of zanni so just zanni And the word Zanni originally comes from, it was popular in Commedia Latte, the Italian art form. Um, Zanni was a clown, a fool, a trickster. You know, Zanni was the predecessor to the modern day clown. So you think about a clown today, they're always kind of doing foolish, goofy things. um, but, But yet they're the only ones that can break the fourth wall and speak directly to the audience. And so Zany has this energy for me, it's very goofy, it's playful, it's loud, it's silly, it's young and you know Zany could have sex with men and women, like there was so many things about him and yet he's secretly in his play delivering the audience wisdom, he's the only one who can speak directly to the audience and so it's this sort of head fake ability that I've increasingly learned about in myself that I can be loud and playful and goofy and secretly be sharing all the wisdom that I want people to learn from me
0: awesome that's really really cool and while we're on the topic since we're you know you you talked about how with these people you mapped out stuff from their life to figure out their purpose and I know that you mentioned in the podcast that I listened to that what you ended up mapping was their sensitivities mm-hmm. so can you explain to people a little bit I guess what sensitivities are and how you sort of um, go about, finding
1: your sensitivities. Absolutely. So what? let's start with what we think life purpose is, because a lot of us, when people say to me, Mike, I know my life purpose, they'll always say something like, my purpose is to be a life coach. My purpose is to write a book. My purpose is to be in a relationship. And all that is so beautiful and fantastic. But here's the thing. If you can achieve something, that means you can also fail it. And how can you fail your purpose? That doesn't make sense. And furthermore, if you can achieve it, that implies you didn't have it at a certain point. So did you just not have a purpose as a baby? That doesn't make sense. You don't need to achieve any purpose. A purpose is something you have, you were born with. So if we go way back to when we were a baby, what's the one thing we had before we had language, before we learned anything? We had sensitivities. Every single baby in the world is sensitive, but not all sensitive to the same things, right? Some babies are sensitive to music. Some babies are sensitive to light. Some babies are sensitive to freedom, and they feel trapped in that swaddle. Some babies are sensitive to connection, and they cry when they can't see their moms. Right? Every baby has sensitivities that they're just born with. And we're going to experience life deeper there, right? We sense more. So we see, taste, touch, smell, hear more. We're going to notice life more. So we're going to hold more trauma around those sensitivities, right? Because we feel things deeper. We're also going to have more desires and yearnings. We're going to have natural gifts there because we can split hairs, right? We can see things deeper than anyone else can in the world. And so as we grow up, we experience life uniquely through our sensitivities. What's really cool about that is that means that every single moment of our lived experience is going to articulate our sensitivities, because what we experienced in those moments are telling us about ourselves, everything we experienced. And so when we start mapping a person's life and what I'm interested in, when I'm mapping, you know, if I worked one on one with someone, it's a two and a half hour process and I couldn't care less what the actual stories are, I'm mapping what they felt. And so i'm really looking at these deeper things and then it's a long process but basically and we can do a demo today so we can do a little thing so everyone can get a taste today but what i'm doing is i'm gonna understand everything about their life understand every emotion they felt give them visualizations and spit those words back to them and then we come out with maybe 200 words condense all those down to five or six that articulate every experience of your life so these aren't just words Couldn't give a shit if they were Sally, Bob, and Jim. If they articulate every experience of your life, that's what I care about. And so what we need to understand is that we're sensitive to certain things. And it's the same things over and over again. What, you know, for me, vulnerable, right? Let's use an example for me. I'm very sensitive to vulnerability, which means that I hate, hate, hate superficial conversations. I love deep conversations. I love getting vulnerable. That means that I need to be safe to be vulnerable and say anything during sex. That means that I need to, you know, write very vulnerably. If I'm on social media, I've got to be sharing some vulnerable stuff and pictures of myself. That's all of these things. And this is, here's the key, especially for us business owners out there. This is the real key. Most of us out here in business are trying to get buy-in a thousand times. We want people to buy into our blog post and our webinar and our newsletter and our social media and our offerings, our sales and whatever. It is so exhausting. But if it's all built on the same energy, the same brand, you need buy in one time. Either they resonate or they don't. Because if they like what I'm saying on this podcast, maybe some of you say, yeah, that guy's a hack. Great. That's awesome. You're not sensitive to me. Wonderful. But if you like what I'm saying and you go hang out on my website or somewhere else and you're like, oh, that sounds similar. Wonderful. I'm the same person. But the worst thing that happens that we all do this is we show up one way and then our website, we paid $2,000 for this designer to make something beautiful that's not connected to who we are or how we show up. And then people feel dissonance and they drop off forever because they're not feeling the same thing. I wouldn't hang out with the same friend if they were acting different every time I saw them. Why would I do that in business? And so what we're talking about, whether it's business, whether it's relationships is just knowing, your brand is knowing what's magnetic about us, what we're sensitive to, what's the thing that no one else can do in the world like we can. And the cool thing about this is I know who I am, but more importantly, I know who I'm not. And I have spent so much time in my life trying to be somebody I'm not, right? Or trying to compensate for all these skills I don't have. And now I'm kind of like, great i'm not those things let me go hire someone let me go send you to somebody who's those things because i am definitely not that and if we try to work together i'm going to be triggered into trying to be somebody i'm not and then i'm going to lose confidence and this isn't going to be good for either of us so let me go be a hundred percent myself and that's really what mapping sensitivities is all about we want every moment of our lives to feel like coffee with a best friend we're hanging out we forget to try hours fly by and it's just easy kind of similar to to what some people
0: would call like flow state but um, I guess it, instead of it just being when you're doing work it's kind of like over your whole life you exactly of, you're, your life kind of flows
1: exactly we want that flow state and exactly you know I, I mean I, I certainly love um, uh, that book flow and the concept of flow and I think it's such a genius concept but you know for me it's not just dichotomizing and compartmentalizing our lives that this is just work me and this is you know and we, we do that all the time and You will swear up and down. If you ever work with me, you will swear up and down. Mike, I can't bring that into my relationship, the same thing I bring into my business. And here's the thing about us humans. We're very literal creatures. So a lot of times, like, sure, you're not going to talk to your partner the same way that you talk to your people in business. But... What metaphorically are you doing? Are you helping people to feel safe? Are you helping them to feel vulnerable? Are you connecting? Like what's really going on here? And, you know, I I drink a lot of um, water. I'm a huge water drinker. And so I'm also very, very lazy, which means I drink out of giant mason jars because I don't want to fill water up all day long. And so I always am drinking water. And I use this metaphor for people because I think it's helpful. Most of us think about the container. We think about just the big mason jar, right? And so we want the perfect job, the perfect relationship, the perfect whatever container. But we have no idea what the essence is inside. We have no idea what we want it to make us feel. And so what happens, right? When we talk about life purpose, like it's an achievement or it's a container, what happens? We, our relationship ends, we get divorced, we retire, we lose change a change of job. And now we have to re our purpose, right? And when I tell people, it's just pouring water from one cup to the next. That's all it is. When you know what you're sensitive to, when you know what you want to feel and what you uniquely bring to any situation, Yeah, it sucks when we lose a job or a relationship ends. We can absolutely grieve that. But what felt good and purposeful there is the same thing we want to feel anywhere else. And if I know that, then I can choose the right container. If I've got boiling hot tea, I can say, hmm, I can pour this into plastic, glass, a cup, a mug. But I have boiling hot tea. If I pour it into plastic, I can do that. It will probably burn my hand and the plastic will melt. If I do it in my mason jar, I'll burn my hand because I can't hold it. When we know the essence, it's a lot easier to choose the right container. Awesome. Yeah, this is something similar. Are you
0: familiar with Eckhart Tolle and his work? I am, yeah. So he talks a lot about this, the difference between form and essence. Mm-hmm. And this is what this sounds yeah. a lot like to me. It's yeah, all similar about idea. The, Yeah, and it it applies to you know our goals in life. It applies to how we show up in our life. It applies to the things that we think we want out of life, you it's when we get attached, basically what you're saying is the containers are the forms. Mm-hmm. And so when we get attached to the form, the form is, it's not, um, it's, it's finite. So when, when what we actually want out of life no longer fits in that finite box or the box is taken away, then if we put all of the meaning in the box itself, then we lose the purpose. Whereas when we recognize that it's what we put inside of it and that the moment that
1: it no longer fits the box, it'll fit in another container absolutely and the only distinction i might make is that i don't use the word form and i'm just realizing right now why that may be the case is because these containers can also be conceptual so a morning routine can be a container a relationship can be a you know friendship like it doesn't have to necessarily be in physical form to be something that we're putting essence into and so for some reason that word container just resonates for me
0: yes I like it. I really do. I had actually never heard it worded that way before I, I listened to this podcast with you talking. I was like, I like this. I like it better than using the the essence versus form because it makes a lot more sense because we can get attached to more things than just like physical objects. We can get attached Absolutely. to a job, a relationship, a a title that we mm-hmm. have for ourselves, things like this. Absolutely. So I had a question for you. You talked... You talked about um, that sensitivities, we have them when we're babies. So, do you think that we're born with all of our sensitivities, or can we also
1: develop sensitivities as we go through life? Great question. And the answer is this is a good question because I feel like we're getting into spirituality here, really related to how consciousness works. You know, in my experience and my understanding, Let me give you an example separate from this that I think will help us understand it. Is When I map people's sensitivities, they come in, they map their sensitivities. They think, oh my God, I understand my entire life purpose. Everything makes sense. They don't need to come work with me for another three years. Wonderful. Great. Then about three years later, I hear back from these people and they say, Mike, I just had a massive shift in my life. Everything is different. We need to remap my sensitivities. Okay, I mean, I've been doing this for a while. Let me listen. Tell me about these shifts that you've had. Tell me about the new things. And what we find across the board is that their sensitivities didn't change. What happened was they expanded because that's what happens with consciousness, right? What vulnerable meant to me 10 years ago is very different than today and going to be very different in another 10 years. It still retains the same meaning it did 10 years ago, but expands into new levels of consciousness or new understandings. And so... I say that so when we're babies, you know, our consciousness may be limited in how we understand these sensitivities. My context for free may be I feel trapped in the swaddle. That may be my only context for freedom and not exploring other ideas of what freedom can mean. As I go and live my life through traumas around that and through, you know, free expression and, you know, successful moments of that, I'm beginning to discern and see new aspects and we're always growing. Our consciousness is always expanding. So now today, what successful means to me takes on sense of luxury, ease, empowerment. I mean, there are so many new aspects that that has taken on that I may not have considered before. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't care what your words are. It's not about that. These words are the umbrella terms for hundreds or thousands of words. They're just what gets your mind going there? What gets you thinking of that thing? And so you know, I I have done some work with children. If I'm going to work with children, I will remap sensitivities up till about age 22 to 25. Right. Beyond that, our vocabulary does not change significantly enough for it to need to change. Now, the core sensitivities, the feeling and emotions don't change necessarily. You know, if I felt trapped in a swaddle and my stomach tightened today, when I feel trapped because I'm pressured, my stomach will still tighten. Those things are going to stay consistent, but the way I articulate it might change. So Anyone above the age of, say, 25, I'll never have to redo their sensitivities. I just may have to help them realize how their consciousness has grown. Okay. So you'd say after the age of 25, our sensitivities, they're... Well, so I would say our sensitivities don't change, period. It's just our vocabulary may change significantly enough to um, change the way we would think about them.
0: Okay. Awesome. Really, really cool.
1: So one of the things that
0: that i particularly love talking about and i know this kind of relates to um using these sensitivities in finding your purpose in life um authenticity and genuineness
1: mm-hmm. how do
0: these show
1: up in in the work that you do with with mapping people's sensitivities yeah i mean i think that what we're really looking for is a map for our own formula for authenticity and genuineness you know we're looking for Who am I when I'm at my most authentic? And that's a really hard question. And so I always go back to this having coffee with a best friend, right? Because you're having coffee with a best friend and hours fly by and genius just spills out of you and you forget to try, right? And you never have to try to be yourself. If you're trying, it means you're being somebody else. And so that place of just like, oh, when I decondition, when I take out all the conditioning that tells me who I have to be, I'm naturally just me. That's what we want but we live in a world today with you know 24-7 news cycle and Instagram and Facebook and all these pressures and conditioning around us that we forget how to be ourselves or we feel real pressure to not be ourselves all the time. We forget why is it that my husband loves me so much. It's the same reason that I'm compelling in an interview, or I'm good at my job, or I'm whatever I do in my life, because it's just me being me. And if people don't like me, that's great. But that doesn't have anything to do with me. That's about their sensitivities. And that's wonderful. They get to go resonate with people according to their own sensitivities. And that's a way that we can live in this world where I, you know, what you're talking about here is deeply intertwined with self-worth. Because to feel authentic, to feel genuine, we have to also feel worthy. If I feel like you don't like me and I'm not worthy of being just me, I'm gonna start changing myself to make you like me, right? Why wouldn't I? I wanna be loved and received. But if I start to know who I truly am and find evidence in my life already of how that's making me lovable, how that makes me feel good, why I feel purposeful. Like there are so many times in my life, I'm a very emotional guy, I'll be honest. And there's so many times in my life where I would just get upset for no reason. And I wouldn't know why. And I want to make this clear. Why is the most powerful question in the English language? Why is literally the question of purpose? If I want to know the purpose of something. I want to know the why. If any purpose work you guys are doing out there, if it doesn't answer why in every aspect of your life, it's not purpose. That's wrong. It's conditional in some way. And we're talking about unconditional purpose, unconditional worth, unconditional love. So if I was feeling something and I asked myself, why am I feeling this? And I go... Am I feeling vulnerable? Boom, boom, it's vulnerable. And I'll say, okay. And I'll just say to Garrett, you know what? I feel really overexposed and vulnerable here. I feel, you know, need to be validated about this because I just feel a lot of shame. And all of a sudden it changes the conversation because I know why I'm feeling something. When we start to understand that, it starts to change the conversation about authenticity because I don't know about anyone else listening, but a lot of times in my life, i have been upset with myself for not exercising enough or eating right or something and i would want to shame myself right i really think this time it's going to be different shame is going to change my behavior shame has never been an effective tool for behavior change never ever ever no matter how much we try it doesn't work but understanding always is when i understand why why i'm doing something or not doing something then I can make a more empowered or different decision, right? It's about not the literal. I'm not looking at the container. I'm looking at the essence. What's really going on here? And then I can make a right decision for me. And so all of that allows me to be more authentically myself. I don't have to try. I don't have to shame myself. I don't have to prove my worth. I can just settle into, hey, I'm a pretty cool guy. I might not be for everybody, but for who I'm for, I'm really for them.
0: Yeah, really cool. And another one thing I love about this kind of work and – why i i personally love working with people to help them find who they are and their as as you do find their purpose Mm -hmm. find their authenticity um find their their true self-image is that when we get to this space where we're able to be unconditionally loving and compassionate with ourselves we're also able to show up in the world in a way where we see other people in the same Mm -hmm. way we're able to kind of look at them and when someone screams at us or cusses us out, we can kind of look at it and be like, you know what? I think I remember when I've done something similar to this. Show <laughs> up. Sure. And yes. I know exactly why I would do something like this. So I recognize this has nothing to do with me. And mm-hmm. then we don't become that reactive, judgmental person yeah. that we would normally be against ourselves because we figured out how to have that understanding, get to the why with ourselves. And so we can offer that to other people. And I think that's a very powerful tool absolutely
1: really cool so you said you wanted to give us a demonstration of. oh yeah sure so so I, I will be perfectly honest with everyone listening it takes me two and a half hours to map someone's sensitivities but I've been doing enough of these interviews where people have asked me for a little demo that I thought Okay, I got to come up with something in 10 minutes. So this is my shoddy version, but we're going to see it's going to give us a lot of information. So if you are open, Seth, to be our guinea pig today, I'd love to ask you a few questions. And we're just going to, all together with our guests, you know, map sensitivities. And for anyone listening who wants to do this themselves, I have a free worksheet on my website. You can just go to mikeimle.com slash map, M-A-P, and you can go download that as well. All right, so let's map. So Seth, I want you to think about a few jobs you've had in your life. Um, These could be formal jobs like, you know, that you've had in this current role that you're in way back since high school. It could also be roles you've been in. So these could be volunteer positions, you weren't getting paid. It could be being a husband, being a son, being a father, being whatever. So I just want you to think of a few of those and I want you to pick three in your mind. And when you pick each of these, I want you to tell me three things that you made people feel in that position. So for example, let's say you were a teacher. Um, and you made students feel empowered. Maybe you made them feel engaged with the material. Maybe you made them feel safe to learn. Okay? So pick one of these roles right now and tell me three things you made people feel.
0: Wait, so you want me to tell you three things for each job or just for... For each one, yeah. yeah. So okay. just give me one first and then three things so for, for that th- one. For the first one, Welcome.
1: heard, and important. Okay. You made people feel welcome, heard, and important. Awesome. Okay. Um, give me another job or role in three things you made people feel.
0: Okay. So for this, do you want me to tell you the job? or? Yeah, you no? can if you like. Okay. It's kind of nice for us to know. Yeah. So for the first one, it was, I, I used to wait tables. Um, for the second one, as a, a personal trainer, I would say I helped people feel confident, helped people feel um able and helped people feel
1: autonomous Mm, confident able autonomous beautiful all right can be the third job and three things you made people feel so currently as a coach Mm -hmm. um i help people feel safe
0: um i help people to feel understood and i help people to feel empowered Mm, beautiful understood,
1: empowered and safe. Okay. So now I want you to give me a think of a really challenging moment in your life. Now, not re-traumatizing to think about, but a moment that you were just kind of like, that was a challenging moment. And you don't have to tell us what it is if you don't want, but tell me three things you felt in that moment.
0: Hmm. Scared. Unworthy.
1: And lost. Beautiful. And if you had a magic wand, if you could have changed the whole situation and felt something else that wasn't scared, unworthy, and lost, what do you think you would have rather have felt?
0: Safe, accepted, and... Supported.
1: Beautiful. Safe, accepted, supported. Okay. One final question. So I want you to flip it. Let's be a little more positive here. And think of one of the happiest moments. A moment that felt really good to you. And I want you to... You can tell us what it is if you'd like. And then I want you to tell me three things you felt in that moment.
0: Hmm. So I would say... Freedom, I would say, I'm trying to think of a word to describe this, like I had opportunity, um, like hopeful. Mm -hmm. And third word,
1: confident. Beautiful, beautiful. And so now we're just going to map. What we notice is, you know, first of all, like safe came up a few times for you. So we already started to notice, Okay, there's a pattern here. We heard very similar themes of accepted, understood, welcome coming together. So let's call that accepted right there. So we've got safe, we've got accepted going on. We heard, you know, here about feeling free and confident. And let's throw one other one in there. How about supported? And so right here just in our like shoddy little mapping we have you know safe, supported, free, confident, and accepted. Awesome. Now I'm gonna guess Seth, in our little shoddy version we already have a lot of information about you, I'm gonna guess that in some of the happiest moments of your life or some of the best friendships that you have you feel really accepted and safe and supported and free and confident. And I'm gonna guess in some of those really bad situations, whether it was a bad client or a bad, you know, a traumatic moment, you felt the opposite. Maybe you felt really trapped. Maybe you lost your confidence and felt unsafe. Maybe you felt like you weren't accepted for who you were. Is that true? Yes, very true. <laughs> okay, awesome. So now we know we have what we call a reliable, predictable formula. And what's great about that is if it's reliable in the past, it's predictable in the future. So now we get to do some cool stuff. Okay. Let's pretend we flip at the tables here and let's pretend I'm interviewing you and let's pretend that I'm asking you a question you don't know the answer to. And um, I say, you know, Seth, with everything going on with COVID, you know, what's your advice to people right now? And you're kind of like, oh, crap, that's a big question. <laughs> There's a lot of things I could say about this, right? And so you think, like, OK, all I've got to do is help people to feel safe and accepted and confident and free and supported. And you say, well, you know, um, I'm gonna be honest. That this—that's a big question. I don't know all the answers. But what I do know is that right now people are really wanting a lot of support. They're wanting to feel, you know, free to be who they truly are, and you know, accepting that this is our new reality, and we're stepping into. Um, new ways of being in the world so that we can feel excited and support one another. And I think this is really, of those so many challenges in the world, it's giving us so many new opportunities to be hopeful and to accept one another and step into more love and more excitement. And so I'm really grateful to do the work that I do because I can help people do that. Now, I just made it off up off the top of my head, um, but I'm sure you could do a better job than me. But my point is that In doing that, I have some sense of how you might answer that question because I already know what you're sensitive to. I know what really matters to you. So I can start to in the top of my head say, oh my gosh, now I can imagine what your website could look like. Now I can imagine how you help clients feel. If you can make every client you've ever uh, worked with immediately feel accepted when they get to your website, immediately feel accepted when they work with you, people are going to love you because that's what you're more sensitive to in the world. And here's the cool thing for everybody listening. We know this better than anyone. These sensitivities, these gifts we have for others, it's not like we're making up this contrived brand. It's actually what we know better than anyone. We've been to the hells of this. We've been to the lowest lows. And so it comes naturally to us. And when we start thinking about friendships, relationships, um, business opportunities, whatever, using these things, we're naturally putting ourselves in the place where we're most likely to be successful and fulfilled.
0: Great. Really cool. That's, that's really awesome. How, I mean, obviously as you said, to go through this entire process, it's, it's a little bit longer, a little bit more in depth, but just in those few minutes we can already start to see a pattern in, in my life and the things that when I have these aspects in my life, I feel good. I'm successful. I'm showing up in my life. And I would say i feel unstoppable when i have these things going on in my life
1: altogether. awesome that's great and and that's yeah whether it's business whether it's relationships it's just recognizing like if i'm ever in a fight with my husband this is one of my favorite things to talk about if i'm in a fight with my husband it doesn't happen often knock on wood but let's say it does and let's say i'm telling him a personal story and he's looking at his phone okay And this is uh, gonna be a trigger right and so i'm gonna get so mad i'm gonna start yelling about the phone and he's on his phone and make it about the phone it's not about the phone So if I can pause myself and say, okay, what's being triggered here? Is it aligned? Is it zany? Is it free? It's vulnerable, okay? And I'll just say to him, you know, Garrett, I feel really vulnerable. I was telling you a personal story. I don't feel like you were, you know, being as present with me and that hurt me. I don't mention the phone at all. And now we have a whole different conversation about what I'm truly feeling. And the great thing is I know his sensitivities. So we could also use that as a tool as well. It changes the conversation so rapidly. And this is something that, Here's an advanced tool, but it's coming up. So I'm going to give it to everybody. Any resistance you have in life, any resistance, no matter what it is, is two or more of your sensitivities bumping up against each other, feeling like they are fighting against each other. I did this with, I do this with so many clients, but just yesterday I had a client, a very, very successful artist, and she um, was really struggling with something. So I asked her, okay, what part of you um, wants to kind of go out and create she wants to break off on her own and create some new art. And she talked about connected. I said, okay. And what part of you feels like, you know, you have this obligation to your current clients that you don't want to leave. And it was, um, she said, unbound. That she wants to be, she feels trapped and bound. I said, okay. So you have a belief that you can't be connected and unbound at the same time. And she was like, that's exactly right. And so, but you are, let's look at evidence in your life, because if they're your sensitivities, there's already evidence in your life that this is, that you are being both of these things at the same time. You just have a belief in this context that you can't be both of those sensitivities and it changes the conversation. Now it's not just about the container level. It's not about the clients. It's about your own feelings of being able to be all of yourself. And that's what gets so exciting about this work is because we take the power away from the situation and back into ourselves.
0: Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Taking the power back—that's like the the core of my message, and I'm so glad you said that. Really awesome stuff. So, Mike, we're we're hitting right at the hour mark, and I don't want you to miss out on the opportunity to to tell everyone where they can find you um, in case someone is interested in working with you. So, tell us online or wherever people can where's the best place for people to come in contact with you
1: absolutely so if you want to go through a little bit more in-depth process like Seth went through you can go to mikeimle.com slash map map you can download a worksheet in a 36 minute training it's all free um from there you know we have a bunch of courses I am just this is a good day to have this interview I am just today opening up Tuesdays because my husband's finally back in clinic Thankfully, I'm safe to be back in clinic and see patients. So I'm, uh, I'm doing some more one-on-one work, which I haven't done for the last, well, I've done some for the last year, but not as much as I'd like. So email me at mike at mikeimeli.com if you want me to map for you. It's about two and a half hours. Otherwise, come hang out with me on Instagram. I am just newly there and I'm having fun. So my handle is just at mike I-M-L-E. Great, awesome. So guys,
0: go find him. And by the way, if you, you mentioned your Instagram, correct? I did, yes. Okay, so... If you, if you're not following him on Instagram, then you need to go and find him on Instagram and follow him. He has some of the coolest posts that come out pretty much. You post on a daily basis. Am I correct? Uh, Trying to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Almost on a daily basis. So pretty regularly you're going to get some new and updated content and it's, it's fun. It's exciting and it's educational and inspiring. So I would say if you're not following him on Instagram, go hop on that train and, uh, if you're interested in the work that he does, I would say, Mike, what would you say to someone who says, well, is it really worth it for me to look into doing this, this sort
1: of work with you? What what would you? Oh, think? I mean, first of all, you're worth it. So that's just the first thing. And, you know, no moment of your lived experience is wasted. I hear from so many people who tell me, oh, Mike, like, I finally am getting on my purpose and the first 40 years of my life were wasted or whatever. I hear this. Or I wasted so much time in a relationship. I promise you that's not true. And that's why I'm obsessed with mapping sensitivities. Because we will see every moment of your life has had so much wisdom for you. And you've been cultivating these sensitivities your whole life. So, I mean to be honest with you, if you want more confidence or sex or relationships or business or whatever it is, like just know your sensitivities. That's the most important thing. Work with me one-on-one, but if not that, go ahead and just do that training. It's free. I want every human being to know their sensitivities because that's the world I want to live in where we know we are worthy. We are good enough and we never have to try to be ourselves. Being who we are is our natural success formula. Awesome. Thank you so much
0: for for being who you are and showing up in the world and being brave enough to show up as all of you and offer your message to the world. I think it's powerful and important. Um, And the more people that hear it, I think the freer the people on this planet are going to become. So thank you for the work that you do. Um, All right, everyone. So that's all I have for you all this week. I'm going to let Mike say bye to you for right now. All right, well, they,
1: yeah, thank you, everyone. I, I'm grateful that you've all had me today. And remember, you never have to try to be yourself. If you're trying, it means you're being somebody else. So go kick ass being yourself. Awesome. Great message. All right, you guys, I will talk to you
0: all next week. Ciao. Hey, thank you for listening in this week. I hope you enjoyed the content of this episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow this podcast to receive the newest episodes every week as I bring them to you here on the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. Ratings, reviews, and comments are always appreciated. These allow me to know more of what my listeners would like in the podcast and allow for more people who may be searching for a podcast just like this one to find the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. If you would like more information about me and the work that I do with my clients one-on-one, then please visit my website at www.slch.ch. Again, that is www.slch.ch. You can also find me on social media, on Instagram at sethlusk underscore coaching. Again, that is sethlusk underscore coaching. And on Facebook in my free Facebook group community called A Healthy Life Connection. We would love to have you in the group, and it's only three membership questions that you have to answer to join. And again, it's entirely free. And if you need any further information or just want to say hello, feel free to send me an email directly at slusk.health at slch.ch. Again, that is slusk.health at slch.ch. Thank you again so much for listening, and I look forward to our next time together. Ciao.